Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, Royals getting a new stadium. Hopefully there's parking. One easy way for the Chiefs defense to improve and read him a home's talk live at noon. Special guests include Josh Klingler at 1230. Now two guys who subscribe to No Days Off, Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in. It is Cody and Gold. And I just hope Nick's all right. I, I don't know if the, the girlfriend wanted you to get some Taylor Swift tickets. I just hope that you're going to be all right. If you see Nick on a computer the entire day today, it's because I think they're giving it another go for your Taylor Swift tickets on Ticketmaster. I missed this whole thing. I just saw people were mad at Ticketmaster yesterday. I figured that your girlfriend would want to go see Taylor Swift. But, yeah, it was a disaster, I guess, on Ticketmaster yesterday where it, people were in the queue for five hours. By the time they got there, that some of the tickets were going for thousands and thousands of dollars. It just was a disaster on Ticketmaster. That's a shame. Yeah. For all the Swifties out there. I thought you were part of that crew. You know that I'm not a part of that crew. I think he's actively said he's not a part of but that But his girlfriend crew. maybe is. I don't think she is. I think she's just, you know, a fan of Taylor oh. Swift. So she would go to the concert, though, if you got her tickets. If I got her tickets, I think that would be... Okay. But you didn't get her tickets. No, I did not get her tickets. Gotcha. Happy, happy to report. Gotcha. Did she want you to? She didn't bring it up. Hmm. Well, tough to say then, huh? Okay. Nope, just checking. Just checking to make sure she's... Hey, hey th- by the way, thank you guys for taking this opportunity at the top of the show to check in on my uh, relationship status. No problem, man. Is that not what you would prefer? It just seems rather arbitrary, you know? Hmm. Did you guys not have anything else prepared for the start of the show? Well, we were going to talk about the stadium. But, you know, we can t- keep talking about this if you want, if you have any follow-ups. No, I feel pretty good about it. That's it. Just wanted to make sure that our tickets were taken care of. Yeah, just to make right. sure you were going to be good today. Yep, I think I think we're good. I appreciate you guys. Awesome. No problem, Nick. Let's talk about the stadium. Nick's already concerned about parking, clearly. Very concerned. But right, where, where are thing. people going to park, Gold? Yeah, yeah, that's – we'll get to – look, we're, throughout the show today, we're going to talk a ton about the, the stadium project uh, and the clear four or five most popular uh, questions that people have about – the future for the Royals, the future for the Truman Sports Complex, downtown, ballpark district, all of that, like the main concerns. We'll get to that in a second. But first and foremost, I mean, I'll just you're probably not surprised to hear this with the Royals announcing that they're going to uh, build a downtown ballpark district, downtown, near downtown, two billion dollar project for everything that includes hotels, the ballpark, residential, potentially restaurants, office space, you name it. Right. What we have seen in other major metropolitan areas, right? If you've been a lot like the Atlanta one, which they said that they've been wanting to model theirs after for years. Now they've been reportedly infatuated with it, right? Yeah, That's the connection. It's called the battery down there in in Atlanta. But even if you go to Cleveland, where of course, John Sherman was part of that organization and their downtown has both their basketball arena and their, their baseball park. I think it's progressive, progressive field. I think it's still called there. And they have kind of the same setup. Uh, as well, and this is what a lot of cities have done when it comes to baseball. Downtown baseball, you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, 162 games in the entire season, but you're you're talking about 80, 81 games at home. And so how do you get people uh, out there to, 
make it a destination, right? And that's what outside of just baseball. Yeah, and that's what that's what they're going to be trying to do. We're going to get into the specifics and everything in a second, but I, I think this has always been the plan, right? I mean, the the idea that when John Sherman bought this team a couple years ago. And the same thing we've discussed even with other teams in sports that are for sale, like the Washington Commanders that maybe end up being for sale, which is the opportunity knowing when you buy a team, is there an opportunity also to build a new stadium, to build a new district? And that's how you can recoup some of the money you spent as an ownership group on the team by a ballpark district that you would likely then own that office space. They would they would own the areas around that, and that's the huge revenue opportunity they as an organization, as, a, as an ownership group, could bring in as well. But I... I love it. Doesn't mean that there's not issues. Doesn't mean that there's not a lot of questions. Heck, we don't even have any clue on a timeline. We don't know the exact sites. We know it's going to be in KC Mo and downtown or near downtown. That's really all we know at this point in time. But I love it because it, it is what baseball has become in major metropolitan areas. And it is another, to me, step forward, not only for the Royals organization, but for the city, frankly. We've, we know the new airport is going to open up in February. We know all these great events that are coming to our city, the draft, the World Cup. This, these are the type of decisions that move a city forward and not just hold you back because, well, that was cool and nostalgic 20 years ago. I think from that perspective, it's it's obviously good. Saying... We need a new airport so that we can keep up with other metropolitan areas. And it's not about, you know, I know it's like looking at the neighbors or those things, but just forward thinking from a, from a city perspective, you do have to continue to improve your city. Unfortunately, one of the things we had talked about with Kansas City is all of these things were built at the same damn time. Yeah, right. So in like a five-year period in the 60s and 70s, the Royals decided and the Chiefs decided, and Kansas City decided to build an airport, to build two football stadiums together, and to have or two a baseball and football stadium together, and to have all the leases and everything expire all together in one little happy bow, which is making it certainly interesting for a time where Kansas City's building a new airport, wants to build a downtown stadium, and the second that Kansas City and the Royals have a downtown stadium project, you can safely assume that the Chiefs won't step on their toes, but they'll be right behind them, waiting for a massive stadium project to take place on the old side of Kauffman Stadium. Now, we said that this happened before, so there's things I love about it. I love Kauffman Stadium. I think that this is maybe, this feels like the minority feeling. I love Kauffman Stadium. I think it's a beautiful stadium. I like going to it. If it remained their stadium, I wouldn't have an issue. But I still love the idea of downtown baseball for all the reasons you pointed out. In major cities, it's cool. It works. Uh, having, if you've been to any of the beautifully designed downtown stadiums in other areas, it's fun. There's a reason why it works and has worked for so many years in those areas. And I'm interested in it as a result of that, despite the fact I do love Kaufman. I've made it pretty clear on this show that I don't think that taxpayer dollars yeah. going towards it means that much to me. And I know that the figures of $2 billion is like jarring. Yeah. But it's because it's supposed to be not just the stadium, but all the things you mentioned all the hotels, all the office buildings, all the things that they would put in addition to that area. And they're claiming, at least at the moment, that it wouldn't be an increased tax bill for Jackson County taxpayers, but instead what they already pay to fund the stadiums as it is. Now, they could wiggle that room. Yeah, we'll see if that, that language up, yeah, could we'll, be we'll, finicky we'll in see. a way that makes them look better or whatever. We don't know. $2 billion is a lot. It's a big price tag, but it's also sure. pretty typically the price tag. We know the state of Missouri will chip in because that's the way these stadium projects work. Look at Orchard Park in New York. Like the city, the state of New York is helping pay for a stadium in Buffalo. We know that Major League Baseball tends to chip in on these things a little bit and then taxpayer. It's going to be a little bit of everything. I would just prefer it was zero taxpayer. Sure. But that's no, also not realistically how it works. And if I think if it comes up for a vote, it'll pass. Yeah, look, we, we, we have been talking about this for years because this isn't some new idea that suddenly, even though, when, when John Sherman took over, we, we thought that maybe it would fast track. But this, we could go back even 10 years ago. If, you know, the, the, we, we know after Kaufman and Arrow had had their renovations, you know, it's been well over 10 years now. At that point in time, we still knew there would be a question eventually of whether or not you could just keep renovating or you could build a new ballpark. Same with Arrowhead. Renovate Arrowhead or build a new Arrowhead. That remains to be seen on their end. What we do know with the announcement yesterday is the Royals have said, we are done with Kaufman Stadium. Now, timeline, we don't know. Four years from now, seven years from now, we don't know that yet. But You would think that they'd want it by 2026, right? Well, because of the World Cup, yeah, just, you start wondering. The financial side isn't figured out yet. You know what I mean? That, that's the tricky part. It We're seems already, too quick. January it too is quick. Four years. 2023 is in two months, less than two months. Yeah. Three years to 
Design, build, maintain, seems it's awfully, probably quick. Probably not going to happen. Seems, seems awfully, awfully quick. But you know, th- this is the idea, of, if anybody has lived in Kansas City long enough, the idea of a downtown ballpark isn't some new concept. It's been, it's been discussed. Uh, even since you and I have been doing this very show, it's come up multiple times. And whether it was the exploratory phase, you know, now we're to a point where they were ready as an organization to announce that they intend to do this, as in baseball is not going to be played at Kauffman Stadium at some point in the near future. And they're seeking an opportunity in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, or near the downtown area. And, you know, we know the sites are all in KC Mo. For those that were concerned yeah. about, like, oh, man, you know, could they threaten to go to Kansas, no. which they still now, could. Now, I guess if things go really south with uh, the vote and things like that, I guess that always is in the cards there. Um, and would it help if... You know, the team was winning some some games to to ease some of the public uh, conversations that everybody's going to have, as they should have, about a project like that, uh, like this. Sure. Um, I don't think, hey, team keeps losing automatically means that it's not going to, to go through. But it certainly would help, I think, a lot of people. Because what, look, and it's a fair Hey, fair we're investing complaint. in you. Invest in us. It's, it's a fair complaint. I see it on the text line and, and on social media. And anytime it's been discussed about, a uh, potentially renovation even it's like well hey shouldn't they worry about the product on the field first and foremost first of all you can you can do both that's not how businesses right? work so you, yeah. you 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 can do both but also it would like it would ease some of those frustrations if you told me the team sure. showed some progress this coming baseball season i don't think it will have a direct result on hey the votes eventually when it goes to a vote it's going to pass because of this on-field success i really don't think it will have a huge impact but it definitely Helps on the PR battle a little bit in their end. If the team isn't in last place in the AL Central, the two months before they're asking for a vote on on yeah. a on a two billion dollar project, I would think so. And it's just the same thing. It's like you spend some money on the team before you ask us to do it, right? That's I understand the fan sentiment there. Sure, like your payroll seventy million dollars, get to a hundred. Pretend like you care about this and not just your big fancy building, right? That's how people want to treat it. But we understand that that's not going to slow the progress here. It's just not. Like, realistically speaking, they're not going to change those things just because they're not going to change the way they fully operate as a business because they want this part of their business to also be successful. That's just not realistically how it's going to work. But I do understand it. Just real quick. Yeah. It is important in things like this to be very clear about the things that you're saying, to make it clear the the, the talking points that you think are important, and I guess more importantly, to make sure that there's no confusion. Because when people see $2 billion, like they want us to pay $2 billion. Like, no, that's not what they're asking for. They're not asking for taxpayers to straight up shell up $2 billion. They expect, you know, like they have things like they expect the construction cost of the stadium to rival that of whatever it would cost to build a new stadium because of aging concrete or a million other reasons that they've given. But also, dude, John Sherman's got to shorten that letter. <laughs> Guys, so that was so many words. I mean, that was Grant Nicholson. He tweeted it out, and I it was the exact thing that I was getting ready to tweet, the meme of, yeah, I ain't going to read all that, but I'm happy for you, or sorry that happened. <laughs> Three pages so of an words. open letter. One page max, Colts. Whatever yeah. you're about to say, one page max. So it was very long. It was very long. They were trying um, to make their point but I, very clear. So that's the thing. So it was a very long letter, but I, I can appreciate that the owner of, of the team was trying to explain their whole thought process of how they've got to this point, what information they've learned, Here's what they're looking for. Here's still what needs to happen. Like, Just put, a, put I, in I, a podcast next time, honestly. <laughs> By the way, someone says, of course the state of New York is helping the Bills. They're the only football team in their state. What do you think the Chiefs are when they come around? Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I understand. But the state of Missouri helped with the Cardinals then. Or with the, with the, with the Cardinals then. And they will here, too. If the Cardinals want a new stadium, just so you know, state of Missouri will help. Let me ask you it. guys this. What is, for a new stadium, your, whether you think it's just, like, something that you want to have or something that you need to have? What is the one amenity aspect of this new stadium, whether it's the stadium or itself yeah, or I, the area surrounding it that you think is an absolute must-have? I think that the reason why I am so excited about this project, whenever we, we finally learn exactly where it's going to be located and everything, is that right now we all know Kauffman Stadium itself is a great place to watch a ball game. It's incredible. We've all had some great memories there. The wild card game, like those are those are great memories. It's it's a great spot to go. But 
there's a gas station and a Taco Bell across the street. You'd okay? like some restaurants? I would like the ability to go downtown, have dinner before at a variety of options. Afterwards, go grab a drink somewhere else and not have to be like, well, let's just quickly get out of the Truman Sports Complex. And then uh, as we get closer to home, we'll, we'll pick up some food on the way home or something. Or get dinner before we even head out in the area. Or just, just you know, I think that to me is the most exciting part about it is it can be a true experience and for people that also maybe are Royals fans, we know there's plenty of Royals fans in Iowa, in Nebraska, that come into town. Guess what? They can stay at the hotel right next to the ballpark, and they don't have to leave. They, they're all in one location. They're right there. Co- Cody, I don't, I, know you, I don't know if you already have a random question of the day planned. I know sometimes you do. Sometimes it's just, uh-oh. And so not, I want to – I just well, don't no, know. Right know let's there. not get you know, caught up in it. <laughs> Now, we're already getting some great answers from the text line, but can you please make that the random question of the day? Because the first two answers that we've gotten for non-negotiables, shorter toilets for people who aren't tall. Shorter toilets. And a barbecue fountain. Like just all of them (laughs) shorter or just a variety of toilet size options? I think, yeah, variety. Like let's get a smorgasbord of toilet sizes. Maybe one that's tall, (laughs) one that's short, a regular one. Maybe let's bring back some of those old school ones that go all the way to the floor like you had in middle school. Those were great as well. I think you have to do. (laughs) No, the ones that are like. (laughs) I think you have to do some level of homage to what is like the fifth oldest stadium in all of baseball for things that they like. Like, they're the only stadium with a vertical scoreboard. And immediately when people see renderings, and I know Gold got excited because we just, he like two weeks ago, Nick, told us how much he loves renderings. I do love a good render. I do love a good rendering. Don't get him started on rendering. High quality rendering. I looked at that rendering for quite some time yesterday as soon as it came out, analyzing it, which we can all relax, by the way. I'm sure that is far from the finished product. It's an artist rendering. It's not the official, like, whatever architect firm they're going to pick to design. It's not It'll that. It'll probably be only H-O-K. You, yeah. Only you yeah. could properly break down what type of rendering that, that was. It was an artist rendering. So before people different freak, types of I'm renderings. a rendering noob, personally. <laughs> so before people freak out that there's not a crown vision, let's relax until, until we actually I'm see the final like, product. Me, I'm with you, though. I'm not sure exactly which way they're going to do it, if it's going to be incorporating the fountains in a similar way or if it's going to have a vertical scoreboard. But that is something that makes <laughs> Kansas City stand out as being something different i have follow-up questions to this texter who said okay. quote i want an area where shoes aren't required <laughs> why <laughs> what do you why? want the, what do you want the old watson's hot tub back hey, out there too how many times why how many times have you guys been at a baseball game and just <laughs> thought you know what this is great wish i didn't have to wear shoes right now <laughs> never uh, no, please, Can't keep, say that's ever. please keep the sandals at mere minimum, please. Let's... Can we just get one trough for the people who are nostalgic? Can we just get one trough? One back? bathroom that's a trough? It's like, hey, if you still are into troughs, you know, uh, behind, so you want, behind like, the section 19... 240, we've got a trough dedicated to It's like bathroom. it's inviting a certain crowd. <laughs> like, so it's the, like, 1999, you know? the 1999 experience, if you want that as well. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually going to be in left field, so that section can do the wave on their own because it's not 1999 anymore. You guys can do your own wave in, in that section. Wow. And then behind there, you can, you can have your trough. And then you can just have nostalgic items as well. I've decided behind. hating yeah. the wave is no longer cool. You just have to say nothing about it or like it. Being the person, like, the wave's stupid. Like, yeah, no I, don't one think, cares. I don't think new stadiums abolish the wave. I think that Unfortunately, kind of they don't. Unfortunately, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's a lot there's a lot you're gonna want in it, but the fact that there's going to be a new current stadium at Riverfront because someone says they want yeah. Riverfront no. and a new downtown or near downtown stadium for the Royals, like that area as much as like Power and Light, they tried to build that to save downtown. Just to be clear, before Power and Light, you never went downtown. Yeah, like at least now we occasionally end up down there, mm-hmm. right? Like we all somewhat show up there here and there. Before, you never found yourself downtown. Not for one second, not for one minute, under any circumstances. So that increased it. If you have a new battery area like that in Atlanta, that will increase it. If you have a new current stadium downtown, that will increase it. So that at least, because for a city the size that we are, our downtown area isn't nearly as developed of some of the other cities. Like take Nashville, right? Which is not way off in population size from Kansas City. Now, they have a live music aspect that cannot be replicated here in Kansas City. You're trying to create your own version of whatever you want. But you do have to have something that attracts people to a certain area. And right now in Kansas City, what is the single, what would you say? If anybody's coming outside and they got 300 people, what is the main gathering area of Kansas City? What is it, the plaza? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's not big enough. That's not a big enough So build the stadium in the plaza. (laughs) Okay. It's right there on Ward Parkway. 
in all seriousness, I have heard a lot of people that have said, well, I, I don't, I'm not against the, you know, idea of having a bunch of things around a ballpark, but why can't they do that at Kauffman? Well, they've had 50 years to do that, you know? Like, they originally kind of thought they that were just get, They were just about to get started, <laughs> They've though. had, you know, that could happen they, any day they, now. They've had 50 years to, to do that, you know? And, and so that's, to me, why. By the way, why didn't something. they ever do that? I don't have a good answer for you. I mean, I would argue the area itself so, didn't develop. Yeah, I think that that's um, you know, part of it. Because, I mean, like, originally. There is that one, if you take the back route, if you try to go around the stadium, there is that one junkyard. Believe it or not, Nick, the, the if, Denny's did not spark no. huge development. If you want to do a flashback rendering, Nick, the original, the, the rendering for Kaufman, when they did the big renovation, when they had the huge renovation project, was that there were going to be, like, condos back there. Like, back on left field, they were going to put some buildings. That rendering thought, we'll do it now. They didn't. I mean, it just like to them, when, when the, to me, when the Royals say they think the estimates to renovate and maintain and keep up Kaufman is the same as going downtown, is them telling you the same as we're going to renovate it and upkeep and fix the concrete and we were going to build some stuff around it. And they're like, that was going to cost us just as much as it was to build something around a downtown area. Again, I, I think it is forward progress for the city. I'll... I'll like, no idea is perfect. We talked about the not. tax And there's a lot of questions. There's still a ton and, of questions. We're, we're yeah. going to try to get to the, the four things I think we've all noticed that have been asked. You know, obviously, the tax situation has been a huge topic. Parking, in all seriousness, which you know my feelings about about that. No matter, that. no matter what city I live in, whenever there's a stadium project, everybody freaks out about parking. We'll get, we'll get to that, and we'll take your text when it comes to that. And, and also, I think it's interesting, like, what does it mean for the Chiefs? And, and, and what does it mean for Arrowhead? Because I think it does have an impact on what the, the Chiefs are going to be able to do, whether it is uh, building a new stadium where Kaufman is now and building their own little district kind of, or whether or not it's a renovation of Arrowhead, or of course they can p- potentially still end up in Kansas. Like These are all things that are on the table talking about the Chiefs. This announcement yesterday definitely impacts what the Chiefs may or may not do. Yeah, they're just waiting for their moment. They're waiting for the Royals to get far enough along in their project to tell them when they're going to build their stadium so they can go to the next thing. By the way, the Chiefs play a divisional game this week, which is, I guess, a bit surprising because it doesn't have nearly the juice we thought it would. I don't think under any circumstances I could have predicted that the AFC West would be this big of a disaster. The Chiefs' gold are minus 1250 to win the division. It's not even Thanksgiving. Do you know how hard that is to accomplish? There's only one team in the NFL with better odds to win their division. That's the Vikings. And their division's even worse than the Chiefs. This was supposed to be competitive. And instead, what we got was two incredibly poorly mismanaged teams. The Broncos and the Raiders look like they have no idea what they're doing, don't look close to being able to save themselves, and have put so much resources into being good now, I don't see a way in which they can get better sooner. And the Chargers had the same problems they had last year. Do you trust their head coach? Can they stay healthy? And the answer to that is probably not and absolutely not. They, you probably can't trust their head coach, and you absolutely shouldn't be trusting that they will stay healthy. This turned into a mess way That's, quicker than I was anticipating. It's great news for not just this year, but, yeah, long-term, as you're alluding to there. I mean, the, the, the solution in Denver is only one thing, and that is somehow Russell Wilson uh, turning into, at bare minimum, uh, at least a top 15 quarterback. At least that. He's not that right now, as we know, because they're locked into that for till 2026. That's the bigger problem than even their head coach. The Raiders, they don't have a long-term quarterback option. Uh, their coach might get fired. They went all in with some of the salaries, some aging players as well. That's not their big problem is their defense out there in Las Vegas more than anything else. And then we know the Chargers, yes, we, we all agree they still have the quarterback, but just like they're always hurt. Uh, I'm not sold on their head coach. And it's like it's still they've we've been talking about the Chargers for years. I I, I didn't think it was possible for us to truly have a possibility of a Chiefs run in the AFC West like we saw Brady in the East because I said, well, the East was crap for so long. We're going on seven years here pretty soon for the Chiefs in the AFC West. Now it's going to take, you know, I think with double that still to go to get to the, the Brady East domination. Yeah, but, but I mean, it doesn't. I don't know, man. They're well on their way. Doesn't I, it? I still wouldn't put money that it's that would be the case because seven years is a long time. Another seven I years. Know, but remember but, what I said this year is like, but, if they win it this year, when are they going to lose it? But but the division's not even what we thought it was going to be, and so if that's the case, like, why why can't they win it for ten straight years? It's they not, can. Like why why can't they? Yeah. This was the conversation we had before the season started. I said if everyone does all this and they don't win the division then they're never going to. And I know never is not like me just loosely saying it's not going to happen for a while.
because you're too far in. Justin Herbert's going to have to get paid. And the Chiefs will have already reset this thing and put themselves back into a good position. They are starting so many more rookies than the other teams to start this year. Like they, they've got five on the defense, three on, you know, like they're, they're starting over almost everywhere. No matter what they have to rebuild, it's less than every other team in their division. And they already have the best coach and already have the best quarterback. Like you're all, you're, this is how, even in the Patriots, for the few times that they were tested, which was very little, by the way, in the run of the AFC East because so many of those teams are so bad and nobody had a quarterback. And the Chargers, to me, are still the only real threat because they're the only team with a quarterback I believe in going forward. Like, maybe if they get a really good coach or make a couple of good drafts, things could happen, right? But that's going to rely on years, Gold. The Chiefs have the division locked up for the next, like, two or three years at this rate because it's going to take years of drafting to solve any of these teams' problems. And the Chiefs have drafted really well each of the last two years, which means they're already a step ahead of you. Right now, the Chiefs minus 1250 to win the division. It's Massive wild. favorites. It's week 11 of the season, guys. It's insane that they're, they're already minus 1250. It's, that Chargers loss on Sunday Night Football was so big because even if the Chiefs were to lose on Sunday to the Chargers on the road, like they're still, they still got that lead. They're still in a good spot. But they can really wrap this thing up on Sunday. And uh, they're the only team you were even remotely concerned about. Up next, so there's one thing if the Chiefs could start doing, it would really change the entire conversation about this defense. We'll explain what that is next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Back here on Cody and Gold. Just getting started on a Wednesday. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwart with you. Reminder, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, you'll hear from both of them. Right around 11.45, it'll be the first time we hear from Andy since uh, the game ended on Sunday, and therefore maybe some sort of an update on Juju Smith-Schuster, who we know is in concussion protocol. Also, how about McCole Hardman? He was dealing with that abdominal injury, kept him out of the game 
uh, on Sunday against Jacksonville as well. So those would be the two most notable things that I think everybody wants to hear about is where they're at on, on, on the health end of things. And also, I guess for that matter, right tackle because Andrew Wiley got hurt in the game. Uh, and then we saw Prince do a really nice job filling in. So just there's a lot of things kind of get caught up on and, and see where status is injury-wise for the Chiefs heading into Sunday's game against the Chargers. Alex, I don't, I don't want to call anybody out, but yeah. I've noticed since yesterday and today, both of you guys have solely been referring to him as Prince. Is it because Prince is a one-name type of thing? Yeah, it's because it's way easier to say that than okay, say that his full was name. It. I was like, yeah. is it because you guys are afraid of saying the well, last name? We did, even when Laurent Duvernay-Tardif was here, we, we just... LDT. Yeah, it's just it's one of those. If Yeah, that's all it is. We definitely did, just to make it easy. <laughs> we did commit the second they signed him to calling MVS MVS. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Just, and then he said it was Marquez. I'm like, man, another chance to screw it up, so I'm definitely going to go MVS. Well, also... We know what happened when somebody got his name wrong. Sorry, the name is Marquez, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't want to get the wrath That's of MBS, right. We man. do not want that to happen one bit. We'll get to Nick's notable notes here in about 15 minutes or so. But it's pretty wild that there's one area in particular that if this defense just improves a little bit, uh, th- then we're really then we're really cooking, and it has to do with the red zone. Here, here's the problem is that I don't think it's going to fix, but let's explain there here first. We've largely, we've talked a lot about, you have been a big advocate for at the end of the season, the only thing you care about is points allowed per game. Mm -hmm. We've talked about yardage and all those things, and yet we find ourselves in a weird position where we both think the defense is playing better than the points allowed per game because the points per game allowed, not good. Yeah, It's not good, Gold. It's in the low 20s. We wanted it to be better than that. We expected it to be better than that. Anybody else realize that the Kansas City Chiefs are third worst in the NFL in red zone touchdown percentage allowed? They are allowing a red zone touchdown percentage at a clip of 70%. And, yeah, again, I I think we all do think that they're playing much better, and they are. I think they are a better defense, and there's more optimism around this defense. Two years ago in minicamp, not this, but two years ago in minicamp, with different guys on the field when Anthony Hitchens was still here, that was their huge offseason focus. I, rem- I remember. Well, it better be a focus it, again. Yeah, I mean, that was their huge offseason focus. Like, hey, how could we have to get better in the red zone? That was two years ago, and, and that is still an area of focus. Now, the reason why there's more optimism around it, Cody, is because that was an, that was happening with a bunch of veterans. Now you can at least make the case that at least it's hap- this red zone defense and there's a bunch of young players, you would like to think that guys like Carl Loftus and Tripp McDuffie and others can get better as it goes on. In our conversations just yesterday when we were having about the defense, I do wonder if some of that does level out later on in the year because of competition that they're facing. They, we mentioned up until the Jags game, they had that was the first opponent they had played that did not have a winning record from the year prior. So does the schedule level out? We know they have the second or third easiest schedule the rest of the way. I think some of that will help that number that you're bringing up. Yes and no. They were 21st last year in the NFL. They allowed a touchdown 57% of the time. They were certainly better than a majority of the teams. I'm sorry, 17th last year. So, I mean, they were... Just simply, but again, they were a veteran team. I'm not sure that because part of the issue, I would say, for most red zone-related off defensive teams, and this was the problem the Chiefs had veterans too are, if you're really bad at stopping the run, typically you're not particularly good at being in the red zone because it allows teams to run inside the 20 versus compressed passing lanes, you know? They can just run it at you. That solves their problem because the, the teams around are the teams you would expect, by the way. That's what's concerning to you. The dead last team in the NFL is the Las Vegas Raiders. Right ahead of Kansas City is Miami, a defense that we have largely mocked. Arizona, Chicago, Detroit, all the teams ahead of them. The only one that's surprising in the mix in the bottom 10 alongside Kansas City is probably Tampa Bay, a defense that we largely have respected over the years but have had injuries and had problems at some point. They're obviously just stopping people under all circumstances. It's weird. This is the inverse. Uh, Versus the last couple of years, Kansas City's actually been better at points mitigation versus yards mitigation. This time, they're actually slightly better. If you look at them where they yards per attempt or rushing, you know, like, or even rushing yards per attempt, they're like middle of the road or yards allowed per game. They are much better in those areas than they have been and instead are allowing people to score on them in the red zone. Because if they improve that, if they were just middle of the road, they were like 15th this year. I did the math. 15th this year would be 58%. So if you would have said all the red zone stuff, I added it all up, they would have done less, they would be the ninth scoring defense in the NFL. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I would love to know ninth. in general also, how many how many touchdowns have they given up in the fourth quarter when they were already leading by two possessions? And I, I don't I, – That I, I did not do. Um, the reason why I say that, I, 
you know, we know what happened in the Cardinals game where and, and, the, Bucks and the Bucks game. game in particular. So I just would but be interested 70%, to know. percent, man. Yeah. I mean, no, that has to be that has to get better. Um, but it's it's interesting because we all do think they're still playing better defense this year. And I really do believe that. It's weird because they are and they aren't. There's still moments that they have because they're like a group full of rookies. It's well, well, again, but part of what you be, said. <laughs> I've got a lot more understanding because like when it was Sorensen and Hitchens, I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. I can't watch yeah. Anthony Hitchens blow a coverage again or miss a tackle or not get to the outside. And at least with these guys, when they screw up, I'm like, You'll do, you're fine, kid. Don't worry. It'll be good. Well, it's that, but also, unless they are going to be a top five defense, of course they're going to have moments where they give oh, sure. like, Now, the 70% red zone there, I'm sure if Spags talks later this week, if he if he's asked about that, that, that was a number they were concerned about two years ago. So clearly that's that's something that has to happen. But um, you know, this will get to our conversation we're going to have in about 20 minutes, 25, 30 minutes or so about turnovers. And, you know, if you're not, if you aren't turning over people, then, well, they're getting in the red zone more often than not, you know? And so you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be in a spot where if you're not able to turn them over, that's not going to help your, your percentage in the red zone, you know, either. Well, and that's certainly part of it because that, that is something we can do, but that's certainly part of their issue still and remains part of their issue overall but it's just not – I'm not going to make that the bigger thing out of the available options. Like, to me, it's – the red zone defense has been bad, and I think largely we haven't noticed it because the Chiefs score a lot of points gold. They've won a lot of games, and we feel better about the defense. Yeah. But it has been bad. Yeah, last year it was 57%, and we're halfway through the season. It's at 70s. We'll see if not. 70% is a crazy number to let people score anytime they get inside the I 20. mean, it's the third worst in the league right the now. The Chiefs are the um, best team at scoring inside their – or the second best team at scoring inside the red zone, and they don't hit at that clip. So yeah. they're, they're allowing red zone touchdowns at a higher rate than they score them in the red zone, and they're better than anybody at that. That is concerning, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, this goes back to our, like the optimism of of also waiting for the for the finished product and all that. I I don't think they're going to end up at seventy percent at the end of the season of touchdowns given up in the red zone. And I guess that was a bit of a lie because they scored seventy four percent, but they're essentially allowing everyone to score at the same percentage they do, which is weird because they're one of the best teams in the and, league at doing that. And yet, then you look uh, because of Patrick Mahomes in, in in this offense as well. He's won twenty four straight. In November and December, we always cliche for years like, man, just be playing your best football in December and January. Uh, That's what they do. That's what they do. Where is this in his list of accomplishments? Just so you know, the the record behind him is 17 consecutive. He's blown it apart. uh, November, December games. So he's won a full half season more than the next closest person during that run. It's got to be up there, right? Like when we talk about 50 touchdown, 5,000 yard season. That's probably above it. Yeah. Or winning a Super Bowl in his second year as a starter. That's above it. But it's like top 10, right? Dude, winning this that much thing, in December and November is a wild statistic. Oh, it, it's a wild one, but because he's so accomplished already and we're still on the front end of his career, I, it won't end up probably being one of those that is first top of mind for, for a lot of people because we know in September he's pretty damn good. We know October, for whatever reason, has been the rougher month. Uh when he's averaging 12 or 13 wins a year, which is what he's doing in his career, uh, and he's hosted forced the only only time in the playoffs he's played, he's been in AFC title games. That's all he knows. You know, what I mean, when you're this damn good, like he's going to win a lot. He's he's going to win a lot of these November December games. And yeah, it's definitely what you would rather have than me telling you that they are so great only in September, but they struggle in December. No, no, it's just it's that October month where they're kind of. Maybe tweaking like things bored or a, something. What is it? Tweak, great in September, great in November, great in December. Struggle in October. Tweaking things, adjusting it, and and then post bye week, and then they 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 rev up again, and they add some new wrinkles. In this case, they be bringing some new pieces. Maybe at the midway point of the season, and this year Tony's that example, and 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 then they roll. I mean that when you when you're the best quarterback in football. You're gonna, when you have the best quarterback football, you're going to win a lot of a lot of these know, games. But nobody but else has done this. I, I understand. Like, but I'm, you're asking me where I rank it. It's not going to be in his top three accomplishments in his career, if that's what you're asking. There's these things, MVPs and Super Bowls, and, oh, AFC, yeah, ti- and AFC title games, divisional titles. AFC title game appearances seven, four in a row. Seven divisional titles or whatever it's going to end up being. I think it's on par with that. You know, Like the divisional title thing, depending on where it is right now. Yeah, now it's not at to seven. To me, it's but. more impressive the number of consecutive November and December games he's won than division titles he's won. Really? Now, look, when those two things settle each other out, let's say he loses the next game in December. Like, he, they lose this weekend, right? And it stands at 24, and he ends up putting the division title race at nine. No, I'm not going to be having the same take. And I know all seven, you know, 
he hasn't been a part of all those division titles yet, but he'll get, you know. He's, Weirdly he's, enough, you know that those two stats go hand in hand, right? Because sure. they play a ton of divisional games mm-hmm. in December. They win a disproportionately high number of divisional games, and that helps them win the division. Those two things are actually, weirdly enough, not mutually exclusive. The fact that he's undefeated in November to December is directly next to, like, I mean, directly next to what you would think is that same statistic, that same line of winning those games. Like, they're correlated, not separate. But I don't know, man. I mean, just... That, that in its own right, the fact that he's won a season and a half straight in these two months. Oh, it's ridiculous. I know he's going to lose one eventually. This is like the September interception stat, but but is he? <laughs> like, Or is he just going to maintain this forever? That's, I mean, it's going to be on the long list of amazing things that he's been able to accomplish. I'm trying to think about, what do you even, like, 24 games? I mean, how many, how many Decembers and November that be? What do you get, like, eight games a year? So we're going like three seasons back before he Probably last lost Probably eight or nine, depending on bye weeks and stuff. By the way, he's 500 in January. They haven't played that many games as far as regular season games in January. We know his record in the postseason is very good, and his record in February is one and one. So pretty much from November on, you got about a what? 7% chance of catching Mahomes, give or take? Does that, does that seem like about the number? Because it's not way more than that. It's a, about 7%. Because if it was more than that, then other teams would get him. I think some of this has got to be... I know we always go back to the same thing, but I'll give Andy some here, too. I think... And Spags. Like, as much as we talked about, what are the things that get better in the second half of the Chiefs, for sure? Their offense? They get more used to what they're doing. They run different sets. They're more complex. They change. And the defense, right, has consistently gotten better. Spags probably deserves his little piece of the pie here, I guess, too, if we're talking about 24 consecutive November and December wins. Gotta write something down. Nick's Notable Notes. All right, guys, it's that time of the week where we take a look at some rankings. Let's rank stuff. And it feels like the NFL MVP race is crystallizing somewhat, only if because Patrick Mahomes seems to be pretty sizably ahead of whoever else you have at two and three. So right now, 25 touchdowns that's the most in the nfl by five and just six interceptions it was him and josh allen but the turnover bug starting to pop up for josh allen now they've lost two in a row which i feel like puts Mahomes, i mean firmly in the driver's seat at this point in the season it could change a lot but at least as of right now he is the guy and then it's everybody else yeah yeah i mean we we know how quickly we things can two sh- weeks ago yeah we know how, how quickly things shift but as of today, yeah, he is, it, is, it is his race to lose as of right now. I mean, if he uh, not only wins football games, but if he keeps on this path of where he's projected to go, he, he limits the interceptions, uh, th- then he's now ahead of Allen. Allen's the guy that has to catch him now versus before you're like, well, you need, you need Allen to slip up in order maybe to, to leapfrog him. Allen's already slipped up. If Mahomes just keeps doing what he's doing, Allen won't catch him. Two is really interesting here as well. He's, just he's who week, I have at number two, by the way. Yeah, just a week ago, week and a half ago, he was 25 to 1. To win MVP, he has the same odds as Josh Allen now. They're both 5-1. to one. Mahomes is plus 120 over at FanDuel. I think it helps him. One, he's putting up really good numbers, but also the fact that he's 7-0 and in games he starts and finishes. I think MVP voters will pay attention to that. When Tua plays for his team, they don't lose. When he doesn't complete the full game, that's all their losses. All their losses are when Tua's not on the field. So if we're talking about that third spot, um, I guess there's a handful of names you could throw in there. None of them seem like they have that great of a case over anyone else. Josh Allen's still in the mix because the numbers are impressive. Jalen Hurts, the numbers aren't quite as impressive, but when you see what that team's done and how steady he's been, you probably throw his name out there. Geno Smith even, I think, is in the mix. Really? See, I think it's down to four. I think it's it's just four guys. Allen, Mahomes, Tua. Hurts. Hurts. Yeah. I think it's those four now. You don't think anybody else between now and season's end? If you gave me them in the field, I'd probably have to give you... uh, at one point, I thought Lamar. At one point, I thought Lamar and and the Ravens have a path to get to the number one seed based on that schedule. And if Lamar gets hot, I could see his odds improving. Um, but I I really think if you you just gave me the those four guys versus the field, I would obviously feel incredible. I think it's Mahomes, Allen, Tua, and, and yeah, Jalen Hurts at this point. Hypothetically. You know where I'm going, Gold, and I know mm-hmm. you're not going to like it. You what about no, Mark? What about no, running backs? Wait you're gonna go. What about running backs? 
He's going to bring up Travis Kelsey. That's the disdain (laughs) for which you speak of non-quarterbacks is offensive. For MVPs, yes. It's offensive. (laughs) For MVPs. For MVPs, I only talk about quarterbacks. So we saw a big machine. We (laughs) saw a historically productive season from Cooper Cup a year ago. Now he had an extra game, but he still fell a little bit short of Calvin Johnson's single season receiving record. Yeah. A bad game for Tyreek Hill. Only 40 yards receiving after averaging. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he averages still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's about 140 yards per game so far this year. Just give me the stat line. Give me the stat line that Tyreek Hill would have to reach to even be in consideration for not offensive player of the year for MVP. 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. Well, God, that's not enough. That's what Cup had, no, right? Cup last year. 3,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. I don't know, Nick. The numbers, it probably, the limit does not exist, if that's what you're looking it's for. It's unobtainable. Why do you guys think yes. it's, why do you guys think that it is possible for non-quarterbacks to win the Heisman, but it's impossible for NFL quarterbacks? I, I mean, the game is the same. The, the impact that quarterbacks have over receivers, pass rushers, running backs, whatever other position you want to throw in there is the same in college that it is in the NFL, is no, it I not? Dis- I dis- no, I disagree. Why do, you, why do you say that? I think because of the talent level in the NFL, that difference of the 10th best quarterback in the NFL and the number one quarterback in the NFL is is still actually pretty large in the NFL. College football, like we, we've, you've, you've explained it yourself this year with the Heisman race. For three weeks, you thought it was Hennon Hooker, and then now we're back at, like, there isn't a clear cut top quarterback in the league, whereas in the MVP, it, it is the, the margins for the top three guys or so. It's so difficult to get in that category, whereas I can list you 10 quarterbacks in, in college football, and they're all like, well, how big of a gap is there really between Stroud and the third best quarterback in, in college football? And it's also just, yeah. it's history, man. There hasn't been a non-quarterback to win it since the year two. It's an, it's a, they it's used a to give it to running backs to- occasionally, and then they just stopped, Nick. It just stopped. It's the end. So it, it's done. It, it's the MVP, but it's really the quarterback of the year. And then the offensive player of the year is, is the, the best, best non-quarterback. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, the best non-quarterback. And if they and called it fine. that, we'd all be Let fine Let me ask you this. That's what fine. if there were a season? And again, we haven't seen this. I, I don't remember the last time seeing this. But what if there were a season where we saw, and it's going to be tough to do as long as Patrick Mahomes and Josh <laughs> Allen are playing. But if we saw a team that was clearly the number one team in the NFL... Like, let's just imagine in, in a fantasy land that yeah. the Giants were – everybody, we were, we were talking about the Giants as being the number one team in the league. Nobody can stop them. Nobody can slow them down. Their best player would have to be a running back. Would that get it done? No. Like, if Saquon ran for 2,500 yards and 30 touchdowns? Like I know. Because those are know, college numbers, right? I know. Because we do I, see guys – I think Derrick Henry, his last – the year he won the Heisman, he's the last non-quarterback to win the Heisman. He had, like, 2,200 yards – and 28 touchdowns. 28 I, touchdowns is I, such a big yeah. number. But that's what, that's I know what we saw like Sean Alexander and Priest Holmes do. And Marshall Falk, the last yeah. non-quarterback to win it. He set the single-season touchdown record. Yeah, I know it's a hypothetical, so we're assuming they're the best team, but I would just like, in the end of the best team that we all agree on is dominant won't be the team that doesn't have the quarterback playing at that level because look at, I would argue, I would just pinpoint Tennessee last year. They were the number one seed. Nobody thought they were the best team in football. So what you that that hypothetical you gave me almost played out last year. Derrick Henry, if you would have stayed healthy, I know you were trying to make the push for Henry. He was not going to win MVP, even if he kept winning on that track. And they had the number one seed in the AFC, which is interesting because last year, at least in recent history is one of the seasons where the MVP race like it, it's not like it was Aaron Rodgers to lose for the last two months of the season. We just kind of got to the end of the season. The Packers went 13 and four and he had really impressive numbers. So they gave it to him, but it wasn't like at this point in the season where you see Patrick Mahomes is that guy. And if they keep winning at this pace, it's going to be really tough to beat him unless he falls off and throws a bunch of picks. There's just no way for a quarterback to lose it anymore. I feel no. like no. It'll happen once, but it'll take like a single season touchdown record coupled with like, like if the if the Giants imagine if the Giants went sixteen and one, and then say if, if that that's what it would take two thousand yards, two thousand sure. yards and twenty eight touchdowns. He'd and we'd get, be like, okay, you he, know what? He'd get vote, and, he'd, and it'd be split. He might win even, say, but it wouldn't uh, even be unanimous. So, say, no, you're he, right. He would get votes, but yeah, I don't know if he would win. <laughs> I still don't know if he'd win it. He'd he he'd get votes for sure. I just I just think it that's would where have we're to at be in the like you said earlier, like we see in college. It would have to be the absence of a ridiculous passing or a ridiculous yes. quarterback season, which 
feels like that's How? never going to yeah. happen where there's yeah. just going to be no quarterbacks that you feel like are having great seasons. The leading quarterback has 32 touchdowns and 4,400 <laughs> yards. And you're like, that's not happening anymore. In, because in college, you'll get great quarterback play on bad teams, and that's how you get to the point where non-quarterbacks win it, where it's like, okay, well, this guy had great numbers, but his team lost team four games. Yeah. They're not in the playoffs. So. I mean, Kenny Pickett last year to a certain extent. You know, he had a really good college season. but Pitt, He's on Pitt, Pitt, so nobody I mean, cares. Aiden Hutchison finished second, I believe it was, or third. I, something, I, something he was in the top yeah. three. But he wasn't even in the mix until two weeks to go in the season. Exactly. Those conference that conference championship weekend changes everything for for the Heisman race. Sometimes it's pretty pretty wild. All right, coming up next here, we get to the eleven o'clock hour. We get right back into the Royal Stadium project that was announced yesterday, or at least their intent to do so. But we've seen the four or five biggest questions everybody has around that project. We'll get to the biggest ones next. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.